Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey Thrive Church, I am so excited to be kicking off our brand new sermon series. But before I tell you what it is, I wanted to ask if you've heard statements or perhaps even said something like this yourself recently. I wish 2020 was over already. It's been a throwaway year. I'm so demotivated and apathetic regarding the remainder of this year. I actually don't even want to adult anymore. I can't wait for 2021 so that we can have a fresh start. Seriously, I'll just try again then. I'll go back to life, I'll go back to church, and I'll go back to serving in 2021. I've even heard people say that they would like to see the preview for 2021 because if it's anything like 2020, they want absolutely no part in it. Believe me, I get it. I've also lived in the same crazy year as you with the same insane challenges of homeschooling and working remotely with the deep disappointments of all that has been lost and the fears of the future and the unknown. To be honest, I completely underestimated the intensity and the length of the season. It has been an intense ride with all the emotions and fear of a roller coaster. But Thrive, I believe that God has spoken so clearly to Pastor Byron and I, and we want to encourage you and inspire you with the fact that 2020 is not over yet. We believe that God is still on the throne, that He is still in control. He is still good. Yes, we have had a major pothole in the road, but His plans for our lives and even this year are not over. Romans tells us that God who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it, but it will require our active involvement in it. We can't sit on our couches eating popcorn and watching Netflix, hoping that our kids' education will sort itself out, hoping that our businesses will miraculously recover, and hoping that we will move towards Jesus while sitting there. It just doesn't work like that. No, it will require active participation alongside our God. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 in the NLT, it says this, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. This scripture tells us that those who are wise make the most of every opportunity. And so, as Christ followers, those who seek after Christ's wisdom for our lives, we will live carefully and not just automatically adopt the culture and the sentiments of those around us but we will make the most of every opportunity, which even includes these last three months of 2020. And so with this in mind, we launch our brand new sermon series entitled 2020, It's Not Over Yet. Come on church, let's pray together. Dear Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to preach today. Please would you use my words to speak your message deep into our hearts and minds today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each of us individually today and meet us where we are at. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.
The other day, I was reading the incredible story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, found in the book of Daniel. There was an instance in their lives, a massive pothole in the road, which seemed like the end for them. It seemed like all hope was lost, like it was over for them, like what was in front of them was just too difficult to endure. Hey, does this sound at all familiar to our 2020? Let me tell you more of this story. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego takes place about 600 years before Jesus Christ was born, when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem and took captive many of Israel's finest citizens. Among those deported to Babylon were four young men from the tribe of Judah, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These four Hebrew youths soon proved themselves to be exceptionally wise, and as a result, they found favor with King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel was placed in charge of Babylon, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were appointed as his advisors. King Nebuchadnezzar, being a proud king, had a huge golden image built in his honor. As a symbol of his power and glory, he then commanded that his people bow down and worship this golden statue whenever they heard the instruments playing music. And those who disobeyed this order would be thrown into a blazing furnace. However, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego worshipped the one and only true God, and they outright refused to bow down to this false idol. So they were brought before Nebuchadnezzar to face their punishment, but still they remained courageous in the face of the king's demand for them to bow down before the golden statue. And this is what they said to him in verse 16 of Daniel 3. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. After that response, King Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He was so furious that he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tied up and thrown into the flames. I reckon that's worse than our 2020. The fiery blast from the furnace was so hot that it killed the soldiers who threw them into it. But as King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, he marveled at what he saw. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound and walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then the king called the men to come out of the furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego emerged. They emerged unharmed with not even a hair on their head singed. Their clothes didn't even smell of smoke. This miracle had such a great impact on the king that he then forbids anyone from speaking against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. He also allows all the remaining Israelites who were in captivity to freely worship their God. And he also gives Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego a royal promotion. It really is the most incredible biblical account. And through this story, we are reminded of three important lessons. 
These lessons should encourage us to face the remainder of 2020 with confidence, knowing that it's not over yet. The first thing the story reminds us is that God is with us. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar noticed that there were four men walking around in the fire, not three. Three men were thrown into the furnace and four were walking around inside it. King Nebuchadnezzar even remarked that the fourth man looked like a god. Scripture is so clear that God was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were not alone. And the same is true for us. However intense and difficult these past months have been for us, can I remind you that not once have we been alone. God has been with us in lockdown. God has been with us in our homes. God has been with us in our places of work. God has been with us in our schools. God has been with us in our universities. God has been with us. Not once have we been alone. God has been with us in our illnesses, in our pay cuts, in our retrenchments, in our grieving and in our fears. Not for one moment have we been alone. Another name for God is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that same God who was with us these past seven months will be with us as we face the remainder of 2020. He will be with us in the next three months, in the next three years, and even the next 30 years. We are not alone. On a Monday afternoon in January 2012, I had just arrived home from a full day's work and a quick grocery shop. It was around 4.30 in the afternoon. As usual, I did my check that there were no cars following me and I pulled out of our front gate and then into our garage. But oddly, when I tried to close the driveway gate, it wouldn't close. So I quickly pulled into the garage and closed the garage door behind me. I then proceeded to make my way into the entrance hall and I looked through the window that was there to see what was happening with the gate in the driveway. I pushed my remote a few more times but still, the gate wouldn't close. While I was standing there, our helper and Kate, who was one years old at the time, came through to greet me. Just then, I decided that I was gonna call our security company to come and to check what was happening and why the gate wouldn't close. But just as I picked up my cell to call them, I felt a gun placed to the back of my head. It was the most surreal experience of my life. My helper started screaming, Kate retreated into the kitchen and a complete unnatural peacefulness came over me. I can't explain the peace and assertiveness I felt in that moment. It was an only God thing. I tried to calm the two agitated men down, asking them what they wanted. They wanted my rings and my watch that I was wearing, my bag which was still in the boot of my car, my phone and of course my car which had a boot full of groceries. And so I promptly gave them whatever they wanted. I led them into the garage. I opened the garage door for them. I showed them how to start my car. I had an overwhelming sense that God was with me. The only time I felt afraid was when they asked me to lie on the garage floor. I thought to myself, this is it. I'm gonna meet Jesus today. Thank God the criminals drove away peacefully and we were all unharmed. The one thing I know for sure is that God was with me that day. 
that calm assertiveness that came over me was all God and completely counter to how I act in a crisis. I would usually just freeze. God was with me that day. Even though I couldn't see him, I just knew it. God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And God will be with us to Thrive Church throughout the remainder of the rest of this year. Even though at times it may appear like we are alone, can I remind you and encourage you that we are never alone because God is with us even if we can't see him. The second thing that the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego reminds us is that God is for us. Let me say that again. God is for us. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were brought before King Nebuchadnezzar, he threatened them and demanded that they bow before his idol and if they didn't, they would be thrown into the furnace. The young men replied that they didn't need to defend themselves or their actions to King Nebuchadnezzar because the God that they served was able to save them and that he would fight on their behalf. They believed that their God would fight for them, which is exactly what God did. This is exactly what he did. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into the furnace as despised bound captives. God fought on their behalf and they walked out the furnace as revered free men. Not only were they free, but they were also unharmed. Not one hair on their head was singed and none of their clothes smelt like smoke. God was for them. The other day, our family went to the dam for an afternoon exercise session. Baez and the kids were riding their bikes and I was walking. Caleb, our seven-year-old son, generally rides pretty well, but on this day, there were many people out and about exercising. He had ridden across the dam along the path in the one direction and he waited for me to catch up. As we turned to go back towards home, Caleb lost concentration and he pulled off without looking where he was going. And as he pulled off, he rode into an older lady who was walking past at the time. It was a complete accident. Caleb had hardly picked up any speed and the lady literally caught him and his bike with her hands outstretched in front of her. That's how slowly he was going. But this lady bent down low, got right up in his face and proceeded to shout repeatedly at Caleb that he was to watch where he was going. Caleb was apologizing profusely over and over again saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, as the tears welled up in his eyes and the tears started to roll down his cheeks. But she just continued shouting at him. Little did this lady know that Caleb's Lebanese I'll break your knees mom and his bike riding ninja dad were just a step or two behind him, ready to jump in and fight for him. Both Byron and I intersected the lady's attack on our son. We placed ourselves firmly between him and her and fought on his behalf. Now that we were fighting for him, the grumpy old granny was gone in 30 seconds flat. But in that moment, I had the clearest picture of what our loving God does on our behalf. Our loving Father God is for us and He's ready to jump in at a moment's notice to defend us and to protect us from unjustified attacks because He is for us. Church, as we face the remainder of 2020, let's never forget that our God is for us. He is ready at a moment's notice to jump in and come to our defense. 
He won't allow us to be ambushed and attacked without fighting for us. As we engage in the remainder of 2020, because it's not over yet, let's remember firstly that our God is with us. And let's remember secondly that our God is for us. And finally, let's remember this third thing, that our God is in us. The first couple of chapters of the book of Daniel, it is so clear that these four gentlemen, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood out from amongst those who were around them. In chapter 1, it says that they were strong, healthy, good-looking young men. They were well-learned. They were gifted with knowledge. They, were just, they just stood out from amongst the crowd. They had good judgment. They trained for three years to serve the king in his royal service by learning the language and the culture of the Babylonians. They soon became leaders in Babylon and were extremely wise. They were uncompromising in their convictions and they refused to eat the food that the rest of the Babylonians ate. So they ate fruit and vegetables and were healthier and stronger than the rest of those training for the king's royal service. They were uncompromising in their faith and remained loyal to God by not bowing down to the golden statue, even if it would cost them their lives. They were not prepared to waver in their faith. It is so evident that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had God within them. He had done a work within them. Their lives were different. Their characters were different. Their integrity was different and their faith was different because God lived within them. And this is true for us to thrive. Let's remember that Christ lives within us through the Holy Spirit. And because he lives within us, our lives will be different. We don't need to adopt the apathy and the despondency and the complacency of the culture around us at this time because Christ lives within us. Increasingly, we will look more like Jesus and less like ourselves. We will display more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, integrity, faith, and grace because of the Holy Spirit's work within us. Speaking of grace, this season has required us to be more gracious than ever before, and it is only really possible through the Holy Spirit's work within us that we can display more grace. As we re-emerge into 2020 with much-needed grace, I was reminded of the beautiful hymn we know so well. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. John Newton, the composer of this song, was a slave trader until he met Christ. After allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work within him, he changed and became increasingly disgusted with the slave trade and actually ended up helping William Wilberforce to campaign against the end of the practice of slavery. It was Christ in Newton that changed him and made him more like Jesus. And it was Christ in Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that made them stand out from those around them in character, integrity and faith. And it will be Christ in us that distinguishes us apart from those around us. Isn't it amazing what Christ in us can do? He can turn us from slave traders to hymn writers, from hurt to healed, from broken to whole, from captivity to freedom, from self-centeredness to selflessness, 
from disappointment to hope-filled, from despondent to encouraged, from sinful to forgiven, from unforgiving to gracious, from people who believed that it was over, to people who believe that God has so much more in store for us because 2020 is not over yet. God is in us and He makes all the difference to how we live and to who we become. If you've been listening to this sermon today and can't relate in any way to God being with you, God being for you, and God being in you, then I would like to invite you to pray just one simple prayer, which will change your life forever. It's a prayer inviting Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. It's a prayer acknowledging that you have fallen short of God's standards, which we all have, and it's a prayer asking Him to lead and guide your life. And the moment that you pray this prayer, everything will change. You can be assured that God will be with you, God will be for you, and God will come and live within you. If you would like me to lead you in this life-changing prayer, a prayer of surrender, the prayer that has the power to change your life completely, then please place your hand on your heart or kneel next to your computer and I will include you in my prayer. I would love the opportunity to pray with and for you and to lead you in this most powerful prayer. It will change your life forever. Let's pray together. Please won't you repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, for far too long I have kept you out of my life. I know that all along you have wanted a friendship with me, but that my sin has separated me from you. By faith I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust and follow you as the Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins. Please come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you prayed that prayer, inviting Christ to be the Lord of your life for the first time today, we want to say a huge congratulations to you. We celebrate with you as this is the best and most life-changing decision that you could ever have made. You can let us know that you responded by clicking the raise a hand button on our Church Online platform, or you can WhatsApp Follow Jesus to the number which has just come up on the screen below me. There is a team of incredible people wanting to pray with you and to give you some next steps on your faith journey. Or you could alternatively go onto our website and access some next steps there. But once again, a massive congratulations to each and every one of you who responded today. Now you too, along with all other Christ followers, are able to face the remainder of 2020 with the confidence that God is with us, that God is for us, and that God is in us. Thrive, we are so excited that next week we will be seeing so many of you at our in-person live church services again. What you need to know is that we are taking all the necessary sanitation and safety measures to ensure that we can worship God together again safely. We have missed you all so much and are excited to share this Back to Church Sunday with you all. We are going to have a massive Back to Church celebration service, so be sure not to miss it. At our Boxburg campus, our services will take place at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. 
and at our Edenvale campus, our services will take place at 9am and 11am. If due to underlying health conditions, you are unable to join us in person this coming Sunday, we will still be running our online church services at 8am, 9am, 10am and 5pm. As we continue next week with our new sermon series, 2020, it's not over yet. Have an incredible week, everyone. Be blessed. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.